We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by bet rivers sportsbook and good morning everybody welcome into inside the clubhouse here on 670 the score two losses unfortunately for either uh, side of town last night the Sox and the cubs bruce levine my friend it's good to be with you here on the show and uh, some concern certainly on lots going on with the white Sox. Uh, absolutely, Mike. Uh, good morning. It is inside the clubhouse, and our friend uh, David Haw taking some much-needed R&R this week, and uh, Espo sitting in for uh, for him. And uh, as always, we are here for you talking Cubs, White Sox, everything baseball on Inside the Clubhouse, 52 weeks out of the year at 312-644-6767. That's where we can talk about your disappointing White Sox, your... Cubs, how do you look at them as we've approached and passed the halfway point in the season? And uh, Mike, you are correct. We will start with the Chicago White Sox and yet another very disappointing game on Friday night. Going into that game, Lucas Giolito dealing through five innings, six strikeouts, no walks, 2 nothing lead thanks to a home run from Luis Robert. And things were looking good. And then all of a sudden, things went the opposite way. Uh, Mike, a walk, a home run, ties that game. Things go downhill from there. And it's kind of like a microcosm of what the season has been like for the Chicago White Sox. Tony La Russa, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, Kenny Williams, uh, Rick Hahn, and Chicago White Sox fans. A lot of hope. And a lot of disappointment in all one game. Absolutely. Uh, You felt good as a White Sox fan coming home from San Francisco after that three-game sweep. And then they promptly have lost four of five. And last night, uh, certainly frustrating with the way Giolito was dealing out there, Bruce. And uh, we have a cut here we'll play in a second for you uh, from Tony La Russa. You know, the, the, that sixth inning when, when Giolito imploded after, after pitching so well, 
He talks about uh, the decision to stick with him there, and they, there were there were two outs in the inning, but he couldn't get out of it. But here's Larusa afterwards talking about why he stuck with Lucas Giolito. The process of watching Lucas and seeing well, did he him. get the first two outs out? Right, right. Did he pitch a hell of a game? Absolutely. Yeah. So he gets a big use of a base hit, tough walk on three two, and you make I make a decision that he's he earned, he's earned the right to get that last out. He got him out the first time, second time at home run. That's the process. He's the guy that I thought earned it right to get that out, and I was confident he would. So, Bruce, uh, Tony left to Giolito in, and we heard what just happened. And and in my mind, and listen, I'm not trying to pick on the guy, but uh, certainly one of your big offseason signings uh, in the bullpen, Joe Kelly, has, he's been injured, and uh, when he's been pitching, uh, he has not been effective. Again, last night gave up uh, two hits, including uh, those inherited runners uh, from Giolito, Sporting an ERA near 10 uh, here in uh, mid-July, Bruce. Mike, uh, you go to a dance with your wife and, uh, you know, there's other people around, but you you end up dancing with your wife, don't you? And you go home with your wife. So that's the same thing with La Russa and what he said last night. Uh, Giolito was pitching beautifully, and and there was no reason to take him out of the game because he walked a guy and gave up a home run. That That was just four pitches that he didn't uh, command and a ball that uh, went out of the ballpark. So uh, to me, you know, James Fegan asked the question. It's a fair question. That's what he does. He's a great reporter. But uh, honestly, the sixth inning with, you know, your top pitcher, arguably your top pitcher dealing at that point, uh, there's, there's no reason to take him out there. Now, uh, as the inning progressed and he couldn't get anybody out, um, that was unfortunate. Uh, Kelly came in, couldn't get the job done. Uh, later on, you had a, a, a gaff by Luis Robert that let the seventh run in. Uh, that was uh, tremendously unfortunate, you know. But these are innings afterwards. So mm-hmm. from, all, from all of that, I, I'm just saying, you know, again, White Sox are playing way, way, way too many close games, okay? Uh, you tip your hat to certain pitchers, that you face because uh, other teams have outstanding pitching. They have good players, but the Chicago White Sox sustainability as far as their offense goes, as far as their defense and their base running is magnified, Mike, because mm-hmm. of the fact that they're not scoring runs. They're just not scoring runs. And when you have situations like uh, Tim Anderson overrunning a bag and getting tied, uh, tagged out in a situation where earlier in the game, they have a chance to score some runs. When you have Robert drop an easy fly ball uh, for a seventh run, it's, it's not only that situation. It's the demoralizing factor of those situations that occur and that affect the mentality of a team, okay? It, it does. It, it affects the mentality of a fan base. It does. It affects the mentality of ownership, of upper management, and of the manager and the coaches. It's a reflection of everybody around, and everybody shares in the wins, and everybody shares in the losses, Mike. No doubt. Uh, 67011, if you would like to text us, uh, or the the guest line and the text zone, brought to you by Rosen Hyundai Valgonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. It's 312-644-6767. If you'd like to text us, if you'd like to call us, we would love to speak to you. And Sox fans, 
I can't believe after all the the hype uh, that uh, led into this season and all the talent on this roster, Bruce, but buyers or sellers at this point, if you're the Chicago White Sox, I think that's unfortunately where we're at when we're 39 and 43 uh, are the Chicago White Sox and six games behind the Minnesota Twins in the division. And uh, it's still a very winnable division. There's still uh, a path, certainly, to a postseason appearance. But this was a team that I know a lot, ex- a lot of people expected to run away with the American League Central. And as we sit here on July the 9th, uh, the Baltimore Orioles have a better record than your Chicago White Sox. That is not good. Yeah, that's a great point, Mike. Look, um, the, the, the White Sox are lucky. They won that last game against Minnesota. Minnesota had the next game off, okay? They've lost two in a row, okay? They lost to the Sox. They lost last night. Cleveland has picked a, a, a bad time to go into a slump for them. Right. They've lost five straight. They're under 500, Mike. So mm-hmm. so the White Sox, White Sox are really, they're four games out of first place in the loss column. That's... That's a lucky spot to be in, considering the type of baseball they've been playing, okay? They had that great weekend last weekend in San Francisco. They won three straight on the road in California. That's a monumentally difficult thing to do. Hats off to the White Sox for playing really good ball there. Coming back against their their number one rival in the division, you can argue it's Minnesota because they're first right now, and uh, they, uh, they have been playing really good baseball. They lost three out of four. Okay, so mm-hmm. that, that didn't work out well. But a lot of people, Mike, thought that the way they came back in that last game, and, and that they lost two out of three, I'm sorry, correct myself right there. They won that last game. They came back five times and won that game. That was incredible. The talk around the ballpark, inside the clubhouse, around the perimeter of batting practice was, can that be a jumping off point for the Chicago White Sox for some momentum, uh, momentum going forward after having one of the best wins that they've had in the last couple of years against the Twins. It was a huge win for them to come back and win that game. The other problems have, have just stood out you know, most of the year. They stood out again yesterday. And again, too many games where you have the offense not firing, too many games where you're getting out homered. The good news this week is that Eloy is back. And he's been pretty potent. He's he's helped them. Uh, he's helped them win. He's he's hit the ball, the baseball. He looks great. So so that's a really positive factor. But honestly, Mike, uh, you know the the games that they played where the offense has has not scored very many runs has just made the defensive gaffes and the base running gaffes stand out all that much more on a team that uh, scores a lot of runs and, and usually wins by the home run ball. That's not there right now this year. So looking realistically at this team, they are not out of it, but there is uh, a situation going on with the White Sox right now that you can't deny. And that is that uh, they are not the team that was expected to be out there on the field uh, starting in spring training, moving forward in 2022. No question. They have work to do if they want to be a postseason contender, if they want to uh, have a chance at the American League Central. And Sox fans, uh, I, I, I was on social media last night, Bruce, uh, scrolling through Twitter, and 
uh, reading some reaction after the game, and uh, the temperature in the room certainly is hot. I, I think a lot of Sox fans are, I think frustrated is the best word because they had such great expectations for this team, and with what's going on, they are, uh, I don't know if they're abandoning ship or not, but you tell me, Sox fans, 312-644-6767. Uh, are you still on board with this team? The talent is there. We know that. They've been getting healthy. Bruce mentioned Eloy came back this week and provided a spark. But but what's your what's your read on the rest of the season here? The White Sox, 39-43. and 43, So they played, what, 84 games? Still plenty of season left. But uh, a maddening first half, if you will, Bruce, uh, with what's gone on. And they do have it. And listen, we're sitting here. Uh, talking about what's going on, they do have, and odd for me to call Johnny Cueto their stopper, but what a guy uh, to have on the hill today because of what he's done this season for this team. Uh, he's really saved them in a lot of spots. Yeah, there's no doubt, Mike. Uh, he, he has come on and uh, give uh, Han and uh, and uh, Kenny Williams credit for uh, going out, signing this guy uh having him go to the minor leagues, get in shape, and, and come up. And, and really, you know, with Lynn out for two months and uh, other injuries going on with uh, Giolito for a short period of time, uh, you know, you had uh, a, a, a big need for another pitcher. And, and Cueto has given them, if you look at the record, it, you know, it's one thing. Forget about the record. The guy has thrown a lot of really outstanding innings, giving the team a chance to win. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's what I look at when I look at Cueto. I I don't even bother to look at win or loss or ERA. All I know is he's put up a lot of zeros. Uh, He came in uh, one game with with no rest, two days rest, and and pitched five innings uh, when there was an injury situation uh, early. I'm thinking it was Kopech or Giolito that had to come out early. I think it was Kopech. Kopech. Uh, yeah, he tweaked he tweaked that uh, knee and it had to come out. Yep. Uh, but the reality is, Cueto has been was the guy that stood up and and really showed a lot of guts and pitched really great for him. So, kudos to all of them for that. Uh, the rest is still evolving. Uh, Lance Lynn had a really good start the last time out. He's certainly a key to this. Liam Hendricks was out for two weeks. He is back. Uh, throwing gas. So there's a lot of reasons to think that this team is still going to be a playoff bound team, but the the signs are just not quite there yet. The health is back on the team. That's really good to know. They're not buried in the division, although they are six games out. As far as numbers go, the loss column is the only thing that I ever look at, Mike. Yep. And uh, they have a lot of games left in their division. Uh, the, The bad news for them is Detroit uh, who uh, was one of the worst teams in baseball for the first two months of the season, has uh, turned their season around to the point where they're 8-2 uh, and two in their last 10 games, and they're playing some good baseball right now and getting a lot of good contributions from their players and scoring runs. I think they were averaging two, 2.5 runs per game the first uh, 40 or so, and they, they've been really uh, starting to uh, average you know, the... Uh, MLB average, which is, you know, between four and five lately and giving themselves a chance to win. So uh, there there are no teams that uh, you can project on the schedule right now and say those are automatic wins anymore. Uh, that That's just not how the season is rolled for the White Sox. 
Um, uh, we're having a little technical di difficulty with Mike's, uh, Mike's uh, sound right now. So this is Inside the Clubhouse. I'm Bruce Levine. Mike Esposito sitting in with me this morning as David Haw has a R&R &R day and a very deserved one. And we're talking White Sox. We're talking Cubs. And we're talking Major League Baseball. The All-Star Game is here. Uh, the good news on the south side, Tim Anderson is your starting shortstop. For the American League All-Stars, Wilson Contreras on the north side is your starting catcher for the National League All-Stars. And Mike, uh, really good news from the perspective of the, the two All-Stars that will be uh, playing in Los Angeles uh, uh, next uh, week from Tuesday. Much deserved, certainly, Bruce, for, for both guys. And uh, we will talk a lot about Wilson Contreras on this show and what the future may hold for, for him. But for, for Tim Anderson, he wins the fan vote uh, at shortstop over Bo Bichette. He's uh, one of your best hitters in the American League, certainly for average. He's a spark plug for this team. We saw uh, what happened when he was out and, and certainly what he brings to this team. So second appearance for Anderson. Contreras, Bruce, uh, I, 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 I don't want to make it sound like he's more important than he is, but to me... The heart and soul of the Cubs, certainly after the trading deadline moves of last year, to me, the face of this team. Um, so a huge and a huge first half for him. He's He's been fantastic for the Cubs. You know, the uh, the advent of uh, the DH being in the National League now full time and having a quality backup catcher in Jan Gomes, who's been a starter most of his career wherever he's been at, uh, has solidified the situation for Contreras to be able to stay fresh. He's had a couple of hamstring tweaks here and there, uh, missed a little time, but in reality, uh, he, he's just hit the ball hard. He stayed fresh. Mike, he's, he has said all the right things. Every day I'm in that locker room, there's another reporter coming up to Wilson Contreras and asking him about the contract, asking about whether he wants to be traded. Uh, sometimes I'm that guy. Um, mm -hmm. asking him if he, why he hasn't been distracted. Uh, and, and all he does is smile, answer all the questions for as long as you want to talk and say how much he wants to stay with the Chicago Cubs and how they've treated him great. And it's the only franchise he's known. And he's been there for 14 years, which is half of his life just about. Uh, signing as a 16-year-old uh, out of Venezuela. And... Uh, <clears throat> He has just done everything the right way, and, and it's been uh, a pleasure to watch him go about his business on the field, off the field. He learned an awful lot last year, Mike, by watching Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant struggle with their free agency, struggle uh, with you know the ability to talk or not talk about their free agency, and even uh, Wilson calling them out in early July last year, uh, after a, a bad game and a bad loss, saying that uh, the team isn't really focused and, and not giving uh, all the effort that they should at this particular point in time. If you remember, uh, you know, Wilson was, uh, you know, brought into David Ross's office afterward and said, hey, you know, this, you, you may be right about this, but this isn't the way to go about it. Well, as it turns out, in retrospect, it was the way to go about it. He was showing leadership. He was showing mm -hmm. 
that he wasn't going to stand still and watch while other people are distracted and they're not giving, getting, being able to win baseball games because of that, in his opinion. So I, I applaud Wilson Contreras for that, and I applaud him for the way that he's handled himself um, now starting his third All-Star game uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, a pretty amazing thing for him, and uh, congratulations to Contreras. Absolutely, Bruce. And the other thing, and you hit on it uh, early on in your point there, with the DH in the National League now, I'm not saying that you're automatically going to keep your, you know, 30-year-old catcher, whatever the whatever the the age number is. But certainly, as he enters free agency and he has been consistently good for you throughout his tenure, you have that pathway. If you're the Cubs, you certainly have room on the payroll. Uh, he can be part of a rebuild, whatever you want to call it, that they're that they're doing on the north side, because you can use him both, as you mentioned. You have multiple catchers. You have multiple guys you rotate in and out of that DH slot. And he has done that this season. He's DH'd. He's caught. He has that flexibility now. You, David Ross has that flexibility now where you can DH him several days a week. You can catch him several days a week. And you're flexible that way. So if the Cubs want to keep Contreras, there is a path there. There's also the other side of that coin. And we know that path very well from last season where you have an expiring contract this year, free agency looming, a team that is uh, toward the bottom of the standings and uh, looking for assets, right? And you have your possibly your most marketable guy and your all-star catcher uh, that is uh, available to be to be had for some of your contending teams uh, for the right package. Absolutely, Mike. Mike, we're going to have to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll continue to talk Cubs, White Sox, uh, Jim Callis, MLB Pipeline, the guru for the draft, will be joining us at 9.40. 10 o'clock, Ryan Dempster, talk about all Major League Baseball. And then uh, Jared Banner, the vice president of player personnel for the Chicago Cubs in the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour. And your phone calls at 312-644-6767. You are a huge part of this show. It's Mike, it's Bruce, it's Inside the Clubhouse on the score, 670thescore.com. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Back on Inside the Clubhouse alongside Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito, in for David Haw this week. David on vacation and we're glad to be here filling in for him Bruce and uh, lots of Sox frustration coming through on the text line again that's 312-644-6767 if you'd like to chime in or if you'd like to call in but we do have some positive and we want to talk about uh, Tim Anderson and his second all-star selection yes we do and uh, Tim is going to be the starting shortstop for the American League and uh, it is really good news. I spent some time on the IL with uh, a groin injury, uh, impacted his game a little bit. He's come back. He, he's hit. He's played the defense pretty well. Um, still some, something appears to be missing, okay? Um, I, I know that um, the reflection on all the White Sox players are different and our concentration on them is different, so it might be unfair because he has hit. He hasn't hit quite with the authority he did before his injury, but he's done a nice job on defense. Uh, you know, again, he is the leader of this team. 
He is the energizer of this team. Um, they are looking for that type of leadership, that type of energy right now. Um, Mike, do we do we put too much emphasis on the fact that uh, the team looks like it lacks energy because they've been losing? Uh, is, is there a uh, is there just not a great answer for why the White Sox haven't been playing as well? I I, I can't put my finger on it. You want to be fair with a team that's had as many injuries as the White Sox have had. But again, as Larusa says, don't feel bad for us because the injuries, every team has injuries. Uh, Rick Hahn has stood up and said the same thing. It's not about injuries. It's about getting the job done with the guys that we have on the field. And uh, for the most part, it's been a subpar first half for the Chicago White Sox. No doubt, and I think that's the mystery surrounding this team and really the frustration for White Sox fans is you have lots of star players, guys you would consider all-star caliber players. Uh, you have lots of guys you would consider good leaders, and, and Tim Anderson is certainly at the top of both of those lists. You have Jose Abreu, a former MVP of the league who's been a stalwart in your locker room for, for many, many years. You have you know very outspoken and and uh, star pitchers on your on your roster. Hendricks has been great. Lance Lynn has been great since he's come over. You've gotten uh, excellent uh, starts this year at times from from Kopech. Certainly Dylan Cease. Uh, you could very easily make an all-star case for him. Cueto we already talked about. But the talent is there. The, frustra- <laughs> the frustrating part is that, you know, here, here you are uh, four games under 500, but I, I don't think it's unfair, Bruce. I think, you know, s- some guys have to lead, and that, in a weird way, takes us to the Wilson Contreras conversation because on the north side of town, he is that guy. I don't think there's any question he's that guy in terms of leadership, in terms of uh, clubhouse, uh, you know, president, whatever you want to call it, the guys that everyone else looks to first, right? I mean, that, no doubt, on the north side is Contreras. On the south side, I'm not sure who. I guess Tim would have to be that guy, right? Let's hear from the people that matter, uh, and Mike. Let's go to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. If you would like to chime in, we would love to have you. George is up first here and Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, George, good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? Good. So last year after the Sox trapped out, I said to myself, you know, these guys are a bunch of dumpster diving hacks. They don't play the fundamentals. They don't focus. Uh, their biggest problem is everyone is not – Everyone on that team is not anywhere near so slick as they think they are. And they think they're going to throw their glove or their bat down on the field and everyone's going to lay down for them. And that's not how it works. You know, uh, every, all these guys, including you guys, are saying, well, it's early yet. You know, that's what losers say. I'm reminded of the 2011 team that played 121 games before they were so much as one game over 500. This team is in the same. That was the highest payroll in the history of the White Sox at that time. And this team ain't going nowhere. I said it last year after. And this year, all of a sudden, you flip a switch and, and everyone's going to be winners. No, it's not how it works. And this let, let me ask you this, uh, George, before you go. Well, I think you faded. I think he story. went. Yep. I, I, you know, you sense the frustration from George, and it's uh, White Sox Nation that you hear in his yep. voice. Uh, this, this team is supposed to be better. It's not. Uh, again, I will not use the, hey, it's early, there's plenty of time. I, I, I do think there's an urgency to start playing good baseball right now. Uh, they have their players back healthy, 
and the time to do it is right now. Uh, the season is not lost, but uh, the vibe uh, has to change. The results have to change. No doubt, and uh, we, we'd love to have more of your calls. The score listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Again, it's 312-644-6767. And that's what's coming through, too, Bruce, uh, on the text line, and there's lots of them. Uh, the frustration is there, and it is. And, and by any metric, uh, you know, pure old math or, you know, any baseball metrics, uh, we're not to the all-star break, but we are past that halfway point of the season. And I know every opportunity or every time it seems like the White Sox are going to turn a corner, it's it's not happened. I mean, the, the weekend in San Francisco was a perfect example, and it just happened. They sweep the Giants, they come home, and they promptly have lost four or five uh, against the Twins and the Tigers. And those are the games in your division that you got to win, no doubt about it. We're going to take a break. Jim Callis of MLB Pipeline, the guru of the draft, will tell you who the White Sox and the Cubs are will likely pick at the top of the hour. Ryan Dempster talks Cubs, talks Sox, talks Major League Baseball with us. Later on, Jared Banner of the Chicago Cubs, the director of the minor leagues, will join us as well. Your phone calls at 312-644-6767. This is Inside the Clubhouse. He's Mike. I'm Bruce. We're with you every Saturday from 9 to 11 at 670thescore.com. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And we are back. Time to talk a little MLB draft, Bruce. And uh, it's it's here. It's a week away. We've got the, uh, the All-Star Weekend, the Futures game, which uh, will feature uh, Cubs and White Sox players in that. And then... Surrounding that, you've got the Major League Baseball draft and the Cubs picking uh, in the top 10. The White Sox sitting at 26 after last season, but uh, lots to talk about, and we will do so in a moment with uh, Jim Callis from MLB Pipeline. Yep, absolutely. And uh, look, uh, the Cubs are drafting in the top 10 for the first time since, I believe, 2015 when they uh, drafted Ian Happ. Uh, I think uh, they, they, they pick at number seven uh, this time around. As you said, the White Sox are further down the line. Obviously, the reverse order of your finish uh, from uh, prior season is how the draft works. And there's nobody better than uh, Jim Callis from MLB Pipeline. He'll be joining us rather quickly here uh, to talk about where these choices are. And uh, Mike, uh, do you like the idea that the draft is now in conjunction with uh, both uh, the All-Star game and in July rather than previously uh, right after the uh, College World Series or during the College World Series? I actually do. I like, I mean, you've got to do something to build it up, right? I mean, there there's uh, such hoopla surrounding NBA, NFL drafts. I understand baseball is different and that these kids are not guys you're going to see in the majors right away, but I certainly think there is a way to, to drum it up better and and Bruce, no way, no better way, as we said, to uh, to find out more about what's going on for the draft. So let's head on out to our score hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. There from MLB Pipeline, we find Jim Callis. Good morning, Jim. Hey guys, how are you doing? Doing great, Jim. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we certainly appreciate your time and. Uh, 
Looking forward to it. We're, we're uh, less than a week away, and uh, as Bruce and I were just talking about, you have uh, the Cubs in a, in a strange position for them, at least recently, picking in the top ten again for the first time in a number of years. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been used to them picking in the 20s. You know, they've obviously had a lot of recent success. This has got to be, what, the first time since 2015 they've been in the top ten? Yeah. Is that right? Ian, Ian Hack, yeah. does that sound right? Yeah. yeah. Ian yep. So, yeah, it's been uh, – Geez, seven years. So, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll get an opportunity to get get a pretty good player this year. Uh, and it's interesting. You know, I, I was <clears throat> looking at where, where they sit. And, you know, obviously being up here, a lot of people ask me, hey, who are the Cubs going to draft? and Or who should they draft? And, and I, I think they're in a position where I, I think there's like seven or eight guys who belong in the top seven or eight picks. And as long as, you know, there aren't like some surprise deals cut, you know, to, to move bonus pool money around, I think their decision may just come down to, like, basically who's left on the board as opposed to, hey, you know, we've got a tough – like, if they were picking about – you know, if they were picking ninth, I think it would be like, oh, geez, you know, which one of six guys are we picking? But I think picking seventh, it, it very well may be, you know, which of the top seven guys is left on the board at that point. Well, let's start right there. Uh, Cubs pick seventh. Um, your projections are mostly – and it and it's it's kind of odd because uh, it doesn't appear that there's a real solid pitcher in the draft either from high school or college that is going to break the top eight or nine at least. And uh, a lot of people, including yourself, who are really great at what you do, uh, are picking high school kids to go at least probably the top three. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting draft this year in that. There's probably about six college pitchers who would have been first-round picks but had Tommy John surgery, and that's not even counting guys who came back from Tommy John surgery or Kumar Rocker who came back from shoulder surgery or Blade Tidwell who had shoulder issues but no surgery. So surgeries have, have kind of decimated the college arms to some extent. And then on the high school side, the best high school pitcher was Dylan Lesko, and he had Tommy John surgery, and there was a kid throwing 100 in Texas named Cole Phillips, and he had Tommy John surgery. So it's like I don't think we're going to see any pitchers in the first, you know, seven or eight picks. And at the top of the draft, you know, I think the consensus among people is that the four best players are high school position players. You know, Drew Jones, who's Andrew Jones' kid, he's an outfielder, much like his dad, very similar player. Uh, Jackson Holiday, who's Matt's son, who's a, a five-tool shortstop from Oklahoma. Um, Elijah Green, who probably has the best overall tools in the draft, a little bit more concerns with the bat. And he's the son of Eric Green, the former NFL tight end. And then Termar Johnson, who's not related to anybody that you've heard of, but is maybe the best high school hitter in the last <laughs> 20 years. And those, those are the four best guys. So it, it, it's, it is an interesting draft in that, you know, I, I don't think we're necessarily going to see the high school guys go one, two, three, four, but like, there's only really – I think there's only really one pitcher who could factor into the Cubs decision. And then there's a high school pitcher from Michigan who might sneak into the top 10, but that's about it. Like we might go 10, 11, 12 picks without a pitcher taken. Jim Callis from MLB pipeline is our guest talking MLB draft, which uh, takes place next weekend surrounding the all-star weekend uh, in the major league baseball. And Jim, uh, as we talk about the Cubs picking seventh and we see what's happening on the major league level, it's a bit of a different uh, scenario, right? They seem to be stockpiling assets. They seem to be rebuilding, reloading, whatever term you want to use, where uh, as before, you know, in the mid to early 2010s, when you were drafting up high and you had guys like Schwarber and Bryant and Hap when they got those picks, 
they seem to be back in that mode, at least for the short term. Does it make sense? Does it make more sense, I should say, to go high school versus college at that point? Or is it literally them taking a look at their board and going, this is the best player we think in, in this draft? I mean, I always say I think you got to go with the best player. Now, you know, because of the way the bonus pools work and you're limited to what you can spend on players, you know, there is some you, you got to look at it a little bit, too, like not just pure ability, but let's say I think this guy's the best guy on the board and he's going to cost, I'm just thinking up numbers here, $5 million. But here's another guy we think is almost as good, but he'd only cost four, and then we could have another million dollars we could pour into our next pick. You kind of have to factor that. But I I think they're going to take the best available guy on their board, whether it's college or high school. Um, It'll probably be college, um, I think, because I think most of those high school guys or all of them will be gone. And, you know, I I do know in the early days under Theo and Jed, you know, the, the, the strategy was, you know, take the best available college bat. That's probably... I don't want to say the word safe. That's probably the the, the best return on investment in general with top picks. But at the same time, I mean, you can't ignore if the best guy's a high school guy, you can't ignore him. And if there's a pitcher there that you think is the best guy, I mean, Cubs need pitching too. But but I do think think they'll just take the best available guy. I I haven't heard – I don't think we're going to see them – be one of the teams that cuts a deal and takes a big discount to pour money into a second pick. Unless – you know, like they kind of did with Schwarber, but that was kind of like uh, a, a convenient. Like they loved Schwarber more than anybody else, and he wasn't going that high. So they got the guy they wanted and were able to take a discount. It wasn't, hey, let's take a discount and we'll grab Schwarber. You know, the, the talent drove that pick first. With the Cubs situation, and then finally Keegan Thompson and, um, um, you know, some of their other pitchers are starting to roll along as far as draft picks that make it to the major leagues. You know, you have him, you have Steele. They look like legitimate pitchers. It's taken 10 years to develop a pitcher other than Dylan Cease, who was used in the trade with the White Sox for the Chicago Cubs. Don't you think there's a temptation to go after a healthy pitcher, a guy like maybe a a Brock Porter, who you point out in some of your articles, uh, who uh, you know is a uh, is a strong pitcher who hasn't had Tommy John surgery, who uh, you <laughs> yeah. know projects maybe as as the best healthy pitcher out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you, they're certainly going to look at him. I, I just don't think he's, you know, I think if they were picking ninth or tenth, that might be their guy. And I, I wish I don't. Uh, Dan Dan Katrowitz has not uh, given me access to the Cubs draft board, so I can't tell you that Brock Porter is in that eight to ten range. But uh, I, I just haven't heard that they would. I, I do think it's possible, Bruce, if they go pitcher. I think the guy they could go for is Connor Prelip from Alabama, who had Tommy John surgery back in May of 2021, and he was a guy who, before he got hurt. You know, it's weird because he really hasn't pitched that much because he, he was great in the pandemic shortened season, four starts. Then he got hurt in his first start of 2021. Um, they tried to see if they could avoid surgery, and he, and he wound up having it in May 2021. So he didn't pitch this season, and he threw two bullpens, one in May, one at the draft combine. So there's not a lot of track record. But there was a guy who, A, was thought to be a potential number one overall candidate, and B, He's pitching now. Like, like it's not like he just had the Tommy John, and you're going to have to wait till next year to turn him loose. He's now what 14 months recovered from it. You know, you could you could send him out into the minor leagues right now. You know, it, it's like he's healthy 
now. And, and I, that's the name I've heard the most. If they do go pitcher, I think it would be somebody like Connor Prelip. I, like, you know, Porter would be very interesting. I agree with you. I think he's the best pitcher in this draft with no health questions in his history. But I don't know that the Cubs are going to go do that at number seven. I, I think he's going to go more in that probably like nine to 14 range. Last minute or two with Jim Callis from MLB Pipeline talking draft. And Jim, with the Sox picking 26th and with their current uh, major league roster uh, looking like it does, uh, they have gone high school in, the, in, in recent times. And is that a direction you expect them to continue based on, on uh, where they are and where they're picking? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. You know, when they're picking 26, like, you kind of also have to let it come to you. Like, if, if you know, like, there's going to be a lot of college outfielders who go in that range, and I could see them tapping into that market. Now, the, the high school name I have heard there, and he would kind of fit their mold, is a kid named Tucker Toman from South Carolina. He's a switch hitter. He's one of the best high school hitters in the draft. You know, defensively, there's a little bit of a question. You're hoping he's a third baseman, but he, he can really, really hit. Like, I, I wonder with them. And again, we're speculating because it's so low in the first round. You don't know who's going to go off the board. Is you know, given their status as contenders, and given the status that their farm system is one of the thinnest and doesn't have a lot of upper level help, really ready to step in because they've promoted or traded everybody the last few years. I wonder if they might go college pitcher, like somebody who could help them pretty quick. I'm not saying this year, but you you could maybe go for a guy like Kate Horton, who's another guy who came back from Tommy John surgery and was the best pitcher in college baseball during the postseason as Oklahoma went to the finals of College World Series. I've even heard, and, and, and all the rumors about this guy, it, it, who knows where he's going to go. And I kind of have a hard time believing that Jerry Reinsdorf's going to sign off on bailing out you know, a, a Boris guy. But I've heard Kumar Rocker rumors with the White Sox. Um, so, so who knows? I, I mean, I, I agree with you. They have been high school heavy. I have heard Tucker Toman's name there. But I think it's also a matter of, you know, really, you know, when you look up at pick 26, when it finally gets to you, what are you looking at? So I, I wonder if they might go college outfielder because there's going to be a bunch of them in that range or a college pitcher in hopes of getting an arm that could help them sooner rather than later. Jim, always great stuff. Great of you to join us. I know you're going to be doing color commentary on the Futures game next week. Be up to your neck with the draft stuff. So thanks for joining Mike and I today. And, uh, Enjoy the draft. Uh, we certainly enjoy your coverage at Jim Callis. It's uh, fantastic. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me on. And uh, maybe when uh, we get past the draft and I catch my breath, we can uh, hash out exactly what the Cubs and White Sox got out of the draft. But always great talking to you guys. Thanks, Jim. Jim Callis, uh, the number one draft guru in all of baseball, joining us in Inside the Clubhouse. Mike and I will be back very shortly talking to Ryan Dempster, some baseball, MLB baseball, Cub baseball, everything that Demp is all about. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse on 670thescore.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.